Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support the Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of the Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. That's right, LA Talk Radio. Uncensored talk radio the way you want to hear it, Logan. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program, 323-203-0815. I'm here with my main man, my left-hand man, Mr. Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for being on the program. Fucking uncensored. <laughs> All right. I like it, Logan. See, you can curse on this on this newfangled uh, medium. No FCC to worry about. Not, not, but obviously, I would take a job that the FCC has to worry about, but... You know, you do what you can in show business. You get out there, you start branding, you start building. I mean, uh, I, I, love, I give a lot of advice to people about show business, yet I have no real success in show business. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't let that stop me from telling people how to succeed in show business and what it takes to get to where I'm at, which is That's essentially nowhere in the industry. I don't know. Well, Logan, I, I just like to beat myself up. Obviously, we have a very successful uh, talk radio program. The downloads are skyrocketing thanks to you people. I, I sincerely appreciate it. I mean, you know, this is a it's a grassroots campaign we're working here. You know, we don't we don't got the big budget advertisers. We don't we don't have any any real money or any sort of budget to speak of, but what we do have is you the listeners and uh you know, I appreciate giving the shout outs. But speaking of shout outs, Logan, happy birthday. This is uh Logan's Oh, thank you. What do you t- how old are you, Logan? Thirty seven? Twenty six. Twenty six. All right. Any uh what's your birthday wish? Do you have any uh any specific birthday plans, any specific birthday wish? Uh, no, pretty happy. All right. (laughs) Well, Logan, you're about to get a lot happier because uh, I'd like to welcome onto the program a very funny and uh, wonderful lady, comedian Danielle Stewart. Danielle, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I apologize for being uh, slightly tardy. Oh, it's all right. We don't, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. I I don't uh, like to be late to the green room. Yeah, no one does. Happens. Yeah, this is where this is where things get put together. I know uh I know Danielle a little bit from doing stand up and also uh I sat in on the morning show here on yes. LA Talk Radio with Sam and you, you were on there as well and uh we were mixing it up and I had a really good time and uh you know thought I'd have you on the program. Thanks again for coming out. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. That's very kind of you. I I'm happy you remembered who I was. Oh, oh how ca- how could I forget, Danielle? It's oh, very nice. As of a you. Uh, as a loyal listener to your sex advice um, <laughs> blog on uh, YouTube, have you ah. learned something? Yeah, I did. I've learned a lot. I learned that uh, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of guys that want to have sex with you that are following your YouTube channel. I'm sure. And I also <laughs> I also learned a lot from uh, you know from your interesting tips. And it, I was surprised to see how many uh, female uh, apparently like female people are checking out the. Uh, Sex advice thing? Yeah, according to YouTube, which are, I've, I've heard since is inaccurate, but according to YouTube, um, most of my listeners are uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry. No, most of them are men, but I have a very large percentage that are female that you would think it's like 60-40. Really? Yeah, yeah, which um, – but uh, apparently that's, I've been told, is not accurate. Um, now, now yeah. what uh, – you start this um, sex advice uh, show or, you know, it's like uh, video logs, like a, a video blog or whatever. Now, what what gave you the inspiration to like, hey, I'm a sex expert, or what made you think like, all right, this is a point that I can talk about. What 
Oh, that, of... that's a great question, Sean. Thanks. Thank I, you. I got plenty of great questions here. As an thank interviewer, that's what I do. I, I, I thank you. Um, I, uh, <laughs> if, I, ever since I was um, a teenager, uh, I've always been very open about sex. I think because my mom is, uh, she was like a groupie whore in the 60s and 70s, and she right. like, had sex with all these celebrities, and she would always tell me about them as young as I, like when I grew <laughs> up, I wanted to sleep with celebrities like my mom. Like that's what I, that was my dream. Yeah. Uh, wow, yeah. we couldn't. We could not come from Roll different bottom. backgrounds. Now, what kind yeah. of celebrities did your mom talk about hooking up with back in the day? Well, she um, uh, she had a three-year relationship with Dennis Hopper. They lived together. Holy shit! Whoa. And she um, was her and her roommate were the uh, Boston girls for Led Zeppelin when they came into town. <laughs> nice. Now, my mother didn't have a specific band member. She the only one she never had sex with was Robert <laughs> Plant because he was with her roommate. Oh, okay, um, right. That, she drew she drew the line there. She drew the line there, but I, uh, she had sex with every other band member, which was uh, post uh, uh, John Bonham's passing, I believe. Okay. So um, uh, it was, you know, uh, Jimmy Page and whoever the fuck else. I apologize, and then a bunch of a bunch of their roadies and entourage. <laughs> That's the best part about oh. being a roadie is they're still. It's not only that they're getting laid, but they're hooking up with the same chicks that the band are. That's that's impressive. Pretty part. much, uh, pretty much. Um, if you hang around them enough, I mean, if it's like a one night thing, but right, know, the one night stayed. thing you're going for only only the main guys. But you know, if you're hanging out, you build a relationship. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my mom, they they stayed with her when they came into town in her that's in her insane. apartment. And then um, she uh, she never had sex with Bob Dylan, but. I was raised to hate him because when he came <laughs> over her apartment to buy cocaine, uh, she only had the story is she was very broke and she only had one record and she he said put on music and she went to put it on and he said from the other room if you put me on I'm leaving and she was like fuck you and she dropped the needle and and uh, wow. and then he left and so um, so my mom because my mom was married to like one of the biggest drug dealers to uh, those bands in during the late 60s early 70s and so she knew all of those people like the the Jay Giles band played at her first wedding and um, right I, I like how you point out first wedding she seems yes. like she's had multiple she, weddings she's had yes she's had three wow that's a that's a that's a crazy so when do you now did you grow up with a dad was it was there like a stable father figure when you were growing up i did my dad uh took off when we were 11 but he was never a stable father figure my dad is this is the funniest my dad my mom left living with dennis hopper in like a like a fit of rage and, and i asked her i go what happened to the relationship and she says quote I was sick of setting him on fire and jerking him off. That's literally what she said. Like apparently he liked to be jerked off and, and set on fire. And I and I, is he dead yet? I don't even know. No, if he's dead no, yet. Okay. I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, he, it's coming soon. Apparently he's dying. Um, but so anyway, so she left in a huff and like immediately had to get a place of her own. And a, one of her friends from San Francisco hitchhiked because that's what you did then right. down from San Francisco to help her with the move. And the guy that picked him up on the road that picked up the hitchhiker uh, became my father. So basically, my, my mom's friend drives into town with some random guy, and my mom's like, you're cute, and then they make a baby. She's sitting right here. And so my Thank you. I was this close to being uh, Danielle Hopper. I am Danielle Stewart. Oh, man. Uh, yes. You missed out on the Hopper fortune. Oh, my God. It's such a tragedy. <laughs> so my mom, uh, so my dad is. You missed uh, out on the uh, wanting to set yourself on fire, Gene. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, no, I, I got that, plenty of that from my father. Um, my father is a hobo. Uh, okay. He's a he's a professional street musician. All right. Uh, it, well, what, what 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 uh, what instrument? Uh, drums and guitar. Okay. Uh, conga drums and guitar, and um, he fancies himself a singer, but it ain't pretty. 
but you know it wasn't always that way I mean he toured with Nina Simone for a long time but then you know drugs and alcohol and so he had had a career as a touring musician you know was kind of I'm guessing a guy who could play some instruments was hanging around the scene in the 60s 70s got by eventually you know substance abuse caught up to him yeah and I think also if you know you can get in on the in crowd but if you don't really have the networking skills and you have an attitude and you know whatever you're gonna fall by the wayside I mean a lot of those people like most of his friends from that era like his group are dead and they died like years before I was you know so you know he one one bad decision to another you know he ends up back in Boston with my mom they met in Taos New Mexico Anyway, and he was like this. We, I was raised in this like upper middle class Jewish family, and then we have this fucking hobo street All right, musician wait, guy. All right, wait. So, so your mom, your mom is uh, Jewish, right? Jewish, yeah. And she comes from a good Wealthy, family, yeah. So this was kind wow. of probably her was, way of rebelling, yes. like, oh, you know, probably maybe conservative parents. I'm guessing. Yes. Okay, so her thing was like, oh, I'll show you parents. I'm going to date a musician who's just like bumming and around co- San Francisco, and well, I'm going to yeah. do a lot of blow. Yeah, coke dealers. like, And my mom did a ton of drugs. Coke dealers, musicians, like whatever. Every, but uh, she's had so much famous, successful dick in her life, and then she ends up with my dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like He's the one that has the sperm that works or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, she loved him, I guess, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for, the viewer, for the listeners at home, uh, Danielle had a, had a nice eye roll, and she said she loved him yeah yeah she even she would roll her eyes at that but anyway getting back to what you're saying she's my mom's always talked about sex my parents were like hippies you know they walked around the house naked okay so yeah, and, yeah. when do you start realizing now you grew up uh, outside of boston right or yeah in boston? okay yeah now when do you start realizing that your parents are kind of different or when do you be, start becoming aware that your parent you, your mom especially and your dad weren't like a traditional pretty family? early on because i went to a jewish private school Oh really? Yeah. Right. So it was very yeah. So everyone's parents were doctors and lawyers, uh, you know, and professors. And then it was like my parents. Like it was like I was like a black sheep in that school. So I was like I, there was shame building from the beginning. It was right it was away. Con- just yes. like feel bad about yourself. Yes, constant shame. And uh, you know, and then when I got into high school, I think this is when the sex stuff starts. When I got into high school, like yeah, because when, when does your mom have uh, the sex story? Because I know with my parents. But, you know, I come from, like, a totally different background. It's, you know, more Irish Catholic, like, very, very conservative, you know, talk. I, I can, we don't talk about anything. No, don't right. talk about any sex, nothing like that. I still remember, you know, my dad, the the only quote-unquote sex conversation we had was uh, we were driving in this Ford Escort. He looks over me. He's like, so you know how babies are made, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, enough of this talk. Like, you know, right, change the radio right. station. Because, I mean, you know, just all that uh, religious you know, you, you just feel uptight about it. So for me, this is fascinating that your parents would even bring up some uh, such subjects. So when did your mom first have a sex conversation? With oh, you? there was remember? never a sex conversation. It was just it was always diving like, in. My, this, I, I, for as long as I can remember, this is how my mom talked to me. <clears throat> you know, when I was fucking Howard Hessman, <laughs> you know, it's just his dick was so big, I couldn't, you know, it tore, it tore oh my, my vagina, and oh, wow. like that's literally how she would talk to me. I remember when I was a little girl. Uh, she told me this story, which was probably an urban legend, I don't know, but that she had this friend. <laughs> Your who, mom has urban legends. Oh, yeah, because she was always trying to scare us into, like, not getting into car with strangers, you know, that type of thing. Right. So I grew up in the 80s, so it was all it was about flashers and, like, Right, instead you know, of marrying, uh, you know, hobos you pick up, you know, you know it's a, right. the paradigm's totally shifted by the 80s, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she told me these horror stories about, like, girls that would get snatched in vans and then they would stick, like, twigs up her vaginas. I mean, she would tell me these horrible things at a very young age I, I remember I do distinctly remember though when I was seven years old uh, I said to her 
I'd heard virginity, the word virginity at school, and I came home and I was like, Mom, what does virginity mean? And she looked at me and she was like, virginity is something you get rid of so you can start living your life. <laughs> no, she said. That's what, what? she said. That's awesome. Yeah. You remembered that? Oh, yeah. Well, how would you I, not, not forget for, that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so she, you know, I remember when I was like um, 14 or 15, I was in the backseat of her car with one of my friends, and we were giggling about something. And she must, you know, I was trying to hide it from my mom, you know, and, and she must have heard something about porn. I don't know, but she was, uh, we were talking about something, and all of a sudden she goes, I love porn, those pulsating cocks. <laughs> you know, like, it, I mean, that's the kind of mother I grew up with, you know. Wow. So I, you know, and I I will say this. Did, she I, ever, did you ever get like called? Did she ever get called into the principal's office at your uh, my mother private school? Yeah. <laughs> my mother would get. My mother got into fistfights on the uh, on the school grounds with like. Now was this like a was stuff. this a public school or is this a private? No, school? No, it was a very expensive Jewish private school. So now, how how do you guys support? What was your mom doing for a living, or what was your dad doing for a living? Nothing. My uh, my parent my grandparents are wealthy. Oh, okay. So, so they're independently living, wealthy, so they were just living off... My mother was living off of her mother. Okay. Yeah. Now, were you ever embarrassed? Did you become... Extremely. A... <laughs> I mean, like, mortified. Well, you just... I guess, you know, this is years later. You're really over it, but... I. So, how did you How did you explain to your, uh, you know, 13-year-old girlfriends at the time, like, yeah, my mom did some blow and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of bass players and a lot of rock stars. How do you, how do you broach the subject with your friends? Well, Did you try it, to hide your parents? Oh God, my everyone, come on, everyone loved my mother. Oh like, yeah, she's the cool mom. The cool you know mom. what I mean? That I mean she, party, yeah. yeah, I mean she wasn't the cool mom that's like doing drugs with us. There was other moms that were like that, like in public school. But my mom was like the mom that like if you came over my house and you got her on the right day, she would tell you all of her you know stories about rock stars and. So know. wait, who else? You're you're talking about the guys from Led Zeppelin, Jerry Dennis Garcia. Hopp. Yeah, Jerry Garcia. Oh yeah. man, I'm wearing I'm wearing my Grateful Dead shirt. Oh yeah, I'm, oh I see that. I yeah, want your yeah. mom. Your mom's got to call in and tell me what it was like to hook up with Jerry Garcia. Uh, yeah, I, I. You know <laughs> what? I'll, I'll talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> what was Jerry like? Um, that that's insane. <laughs> what? It, and uh, I'm sorry, I, I cut you off there. Was there any? No, 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 no. I oh, mean, okay. there's. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I know. I I'm. I a lot of it's spotty because it's come. Uh, the information has come to me in chunks over. You know. It, yeah. 20-something year period. Um, but uh, but I know there was a one-night stand with Howard Hessman. I know there were, oh, was the Dennis Hopper thing, obviously. I know there was the Led Zeppelin thing. I know um, – I'm actually not 100% sure she had sex with Jerry Garcia. I do know that there was something there. Um, and Peter Wolf, who was uh, in the Jay Giles band, something was there. I mean, they, my, par- my mother and her first and husband was that, had a polyamorous was- relationship. So oh, wow. they weren't faithful. So she was actually married to her first husband when she was living with Dennis Hopper. Okay. So there was like it was. You That's know, kind of a weird situation. You feel like at least. Well, I don't know. I guess I've never had a, a marriage or any real serious relationship. But I, I feel like if you're if you're gonna at least try the the swinger lifestyle, you would at least live with the partner, right? Or well, they did that for a while. They got married because um, he was under investigation for the FBI because he was a really high profile cocaine dealer, like drug dealer. So what happened was is there was a big FBI raid at their apartment, and she had to marry him in order to not testify against him. So that was oh, really okay. why they got married. Um, and so they try. It's got to make for an awkward uh, best man toast. Yeah. Well, he, right? 
we always knew you'd uh, settle down one day, especially when the uh, FBI raided your huge coke stash. But uh, we we all thought it was meant to be. Yeah, their their wedding and everything was in the papers and everything. Like he was. Uh... Oh, my mother also dated Raymond Patriarca, which if you're, I don't know if you're from the East Coast or not, but he's like yeah. a big mob guy on the East Coast. And um, when she ended that, she was like stalked for like a couple of years and. So anyway, um, is your mom really good looking? I'm, she was. Yeah, yeah she I got I I mean, uh, you know, I'm picturing the super foxy lady. Yeah, I mean, she's 66 yeah. now. Right. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, she was she was a very attractive woman and very creative and very like weird and dark. You know what I mean? She's an artist, so it's like she's you know she's exotic looking. You know, that's where I get the dark from. So. Uh, Anyway, just to wrap up the sex thing, I would, like went on such a tangent. <laughs> no, no, no. I, this is fascinating. <laughs> I, when I went into public school, I didn't know that I was attractive because I had gone to this Jewish private school and like there, you know, everything's asexual. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm in pro- public school and all of these boys are like, you know, um, being mean to me, which I didn't understand at the time what that meant. But you know, there was boys calling me names and prank calling my house and blah 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 right, blah. And I had all of... this attention from guys, and it just completely freaked me out. And I just got, I just got fucking like harassed. And I think that my way of like taking control of it was just being like, you're not gonna, you, you know, like don't try to talk. Like I got so many guys starting talking dirty to me and whatever. And that's how I just learned all of this shit. And what what age was this? Like 14. 14. Is when all the. And then I had all these guy friends, and they would like. I, I mean, my. I grew up, like, going to parties with circle jerks and, like, guys talking about, like, you know, raping. Wait, now I feel like stuff. circle jerks. Is that, is that an actual thing? Oh, yeah. In really? my In my childhood, it was, yeah. Wow. Circle jerks. Yeah, I, I would. Now, is that where. Everyone stands in a circle and you jerk off the <laughs> yeah, person I mean, next to you? I imagine so. Well. We, I walked into is a party it, once when I was a, like 15, and it was a bunch of guys. I mean, I had the most homophobic, I mean, homoerotic, I don't even fucking know, homoerotic right. friends. I'm ever. homophobic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't Not go for Not homophobic. Like <laughs> fucking, like, they call everyone a fag, but yet they're sitting in, you know, their, their friend's parents' living room jerking off with no women in the room. Do you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. So uh, I, I walked in the room, me and my friend Johanna, we walked in, and there was like nine guys that we were friends with. I mean, we worshipped basically. They were older than us, just fucking jerking off, and I had never seen anything like that before, wow. you know. And like that, I, I just got a lot of like sexual, like, ugh, like, like assault, like not well. Do you like, think? Direct, do you like, think it was because now I'm just uh, you know playing, that I didn't have a dad. Playing, well, yeah, yeah, you didn't have a dad, and then also your mom was so open like that. She didn't really teach you like right. a strong defense. They're probably used to going up against all these other yeah. women who, you know, because of their dad probably sat down and was like, whatever you do, don't let guys touch you, you know, right. oh, probably yeah. set up a strong defense. I had no boundaries. I had no idea. I mean, if a guy got me in a car, he could do whatever he wanted. I had no idea. And that's how this whole thing started because I just had, it seemed like there was just dicks everywhere and I was like I had to manage them you know what I mean no no, I don't know what you mean but I I, I mean right. I'm guessing from but it was just people I just to me high school was like people being mean to me and then just dicks and like I and I so anyway I, I sort of had to like instead of being a victim to it I decided to sort of just be like okay what's the deal here and just like I had to learn how to talk like a guy in order to keep guys away like that's basically how it was like basically kind of call out their bluff yeah you know like, i don't gonna... want to fucking look at your dick like that was the only way i could get because once you act like that as a girl especially a 15 year old girl guys are like oh no yeah right any yeah. sort of 
Yeah, I mean, any chick calling you out like that, I mean, as a guy, you're just kind of bluffing all, especially at a yeah. younger age, you're like bluffing up this confidence, like, oh man, I'm the, I'm awesome, blah, blah, blah. They yeah. see, <laughs> as a guy, you know, you just see like, oh, there's the wounded gazelle, like go, you know. Yeah. Go yeah. after it. So I became a not wounded gazelle. You right. Know, I just became really tough. Yeah, you, you went I, into the gym as a gazelle, right. you healed yourself, you became stronger, and you, you used their weapons against them. As a result, the backlash of that, thank you, Newton North High School, is that now Shout men... Shout out to Newton High yeah, School. Yeah, Newton, Newton, is now that men uh, a lot of times are too afraid to talk to me, because I'm, I'm like... You know, I'm while I'm on stage being like fucking dick pussy, blah, 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 you know, or maybe I'm just not desirable to talk to. But in, no, in no, any no, event, you're, you're very right. attractive. You're smart. You but know, I think I seem you like have a good head on your shoulders. For but, some reason, men, uh, I have a, I, I'm with a lot of guys with uh, erectile dysfunction. And, really? And I, and 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 from what I understand, it's like specific to me. You know, because I, I'm sorry, you just I I, can't, I don't have a spite. You can't sense someone with a dick problem, but for some reason I can, and I really think it's because they get into the bedroom with me and they think I have this sex show on TV. I talk about sex on stage. I'm fucking blah, 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 and they think that I'm gonna be expecting some kind of crazy thing, and there's always an issue. And it's like I'm not. I'm just like a normal. Right. You're just someone that's you know really open. You are kind of exposed to this early on, so you're just kind of trying to make sense of it and own it in a little bit. Yeah. But guys are probably thinking like, okay, this is a super crazy sex chick. Right. Uh, she's going to expect a lot. Like, I got to be on top of my game. Right. And that's so, I'm very, well, I wouldn't say I'm very vanilla, but like, I'm of the vanilla coercion. You know, I mean, I'm definitely not into anything too crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, what's wrong with the vanilla? If it's vanilla sex, it's still sex. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, call, well, call me a simple man, but if it were, you know, absolutely. It's not broken, yeah, don't that was fix a classic it. flavor. But yeah, I think that I people think that I'm gonna want. I can't tell you how many well, guys right. it's fucking the same, attack me. It's, like it's you probably get. Yeah, it's probably a mix of like guys who are, you know, feel like oh I gotta be with her. I have something to prove. And that's probably guys who have had moments where it didn't work out and they felt a lot of shame. So right. You right. know, now they're like, all right, I'm on a mission. I'm gonna go to this chick. She's got to be crazy in bed. I gotta you know go out of my way to prove my manhood. Whereas a guy who's maybe more even keeled, more just, you know, I guess moderate, like, you know, he, like you said, he might be intimidated right. by your openness. Right, right. And I think they think I'm going to be some kind of crazy thing. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm totally. Well, uh, right. Yeah. Normal. I was, I was playing this, uh, for Logan, you're, uh, this, uh, it's funny you brought it up. This is the one we were listening to the erectile dysfunction. So here, take a listen. I have come across quite a few men who have struggled with erectile <laughs> dysfunction and you know, the first time I came across it, I took it very personally, which I think is natural for women. You know, we we're sort of programmed to think that if we're if a guy's attract that a guy always has a boner, first of all. <laughs> you're not you're not that far off. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, when you get to a certain age, uh, you guys are still young. Uh, but when you get to a certain age, that's not really the case. You know, I mean, I would fucking. I would at this point I can finally understand uh, paying money for a boner. Really? Paying money. Now there that uh, it's funny you ask or I mean you bring that up because there is the first male gigolo out in uh, Las Vegas like the first legalized um, brothel for men. Now come on you wouldn't you're t you're telling me in all honesty you would actually pay to hook up with a guy. I wouldn't pay. Um, or you no. would maybe you would pay money for a guy you like to get a, a boner at a certain time. Kurt. I think eh, I think it's one of those things where I, I mean I I don't know if I would actually pay for it but yeah, like come on. 
But I'll tell you, it, there's <laughs> nothing a, that turns you're me... You're a woman. You you're a good you woman. understand why but, people pay for it. Yeah, oh, I totally get saying. it. Like, here's the thing. I, I, she just I, took her coat off. I think she's getting Yeah, more. I mean, I just... <laughs> uh -oh. It's just that there's nothing that turns me on more than a guy with a hard dick. And I know that seems very simple and like, oh, okay... But the reality is, is that is fucking few and far between for me these days. I can't, if I have to make out with a guy while he jerks off for an hour trying to get an oh. erection, again, I'm <laughs> no. going to kill myself. You know, and it's, I know it has, and believe me, if any of these guys are listening, by the way, <laughs> I love you. I we love have a you lot, all. We have, a lot, nothing, of, we have a lot of limp dick listeners. So, uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, if any of my yeah, any exes of your, are any of your exes. It's just, and God bless them. And there's, you know, I've just had it now, so wait, much. Now, wait, what do you mean like? You've hooked up with the same guy multiple times, and multiple times he's had trouble getting up. Well, I went out with a guy for a year and a half who couldn't fuck me. That was the beginning That's of insane. it. That's insane. That was the beginning of it. Now, why do you think why do you think you would stay with a guy? Do you think that you have you feel like you have something to prove or like you want to try to change these guys? It's so difficult for me to find another person to be side by side with that at the time, it would be different now, but at the time... Maybe you were willing to settle or something? Yeah, and I didn't find out until I was already in love with him. Because I was like, you know, I had decided that I was going to not jump into sex with, with him until I fell in love with him. And I did. And then I found out... I didn't find that until like months into the relationship. And so I was like, I can't justify leaving somebody I, I really love right, you have Right, you have feelings for him. Yeah, and it wasn't like we had a, we had a great sex life. We just didn't have intercourse. It was like that. It was like a point of entry type of thing, which is very, very common. Uh, most men who have erectile dysfunction deal with point of entry. So it, you know, it's some kind of performance anxiety. And then there's the guys who like get an erection but can't keep it, or you know, or, <laughs> you know, or the it's just so funny. Like you have all these subcategories of guys with erectile dysfunction, and it must. I mean, uh, you know. We were uh, last week. We were goofing on Jimmy Johnson endorsing the Extends commercial, but obviously, with all these uh, erectile dysfunction medications out there, there must be—I I don't know. I guess there must be a problem. I've it's never a huge problem. Yeah, I've, I've like I feel like I don't run into guys telling. I mean. Every story a person has told – I mean, I guess no one's coming up to me like, Sean, I couldn't get it up. <laughs> you know, not that someone would want to share that. But I feel like from my point of view, all the stories I've heard, it was alcohol-related or mm -hmm. stuff like that. Well, at your age, that's the case. Right, as a young As, as a young, young man. Buck. But if you are if you get into the uh, over 30 category, um, you know, there's a lot of – like, here's the other thing. It might be something like I'm attracted to men who are, like, especially neurotic. And then people who are neurotic have performance anxiety – yeah, that but seems. I'm, I think. I'm convinced it's me. I'm convinced that. But it I seems like it seems like it's not you physically or whatever. It's more you, maybe whatever your 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 uh, psychological makeup or the guys you're bringing in. It it definitely seems to me a, a more a psychological thing than. You know what else it could be? Uh, and this just occurred to me as I I think maybe men um who have had those problems in the past think. Oh, if I got her, Mrs. Fucking Sex Show, Mrs. Crazy Open Girl, then I then that would solve my oh, problem. So right? Or maybe them. I bet you that's what it is. Yeah, prob that's what I, yeah that's what I was talking about earlier. That these guys who probably had problems before were writing it off on the chicks like, oh, they were just you know they were boring, uh, you know they were just plain vanilla chicks like the, you know that was their problem. Mm -hmm. But then they see like, oh, you're you're wild, you're super open, like, oh, okay, then it's got to work with with uh, Danielle. Right. Right. And it and it doesn't. And you know. I <laughs> 
to, to, to there and, to, and it doesn't to my own thing i mean i have my own fucking sex problems you know like i'm i've been i haven't drank for six years ever since i quit drinking it's like a fucking exercise in futility for me to get out of my own head enough to have an orgasm so like i have my own shit you know if i had a dick so, yeah, how does... i'd be talking about myself but i have a i don't and there's lube and i don't have to worry about it Right. You know, so I'm lucky. So you think woman. being sober has made it made it a lot more difficult just because of the awkwardness of It's of very up? difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult. It's not I mean, once in a while if you have really strong feelings for somebody, you know, but like <laughs> Now why'd you why'd you happen? you said you've been sober for six years? What was the impetus for you to stop drinking or were you a heavy partier? Now you talked about your mom, uh, you know, doing all this coke and stuff like that. What was her approach on drugs and alcohol? Was it like uh, don't be like me, it wasted my life, blah, 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 or somewhere in the middle, or... My mother never had a problem with drugs or alcohol, ever. It's never interfered with her life. She's just not an addict. Like, it just doesn't. She was, she did a lot of drugs, and then she didn't. She stopped. You know, she just did never and then she never looked back. I mean, in the, in the recent, in the last, like, five or ten years, she's taken up occasionally smoking pot, but, like, she, you know, nothing else other than that my dad kind of the same thing i mean my dad's an everyday pot smoker but he used to be like a raging alcoholic and crack addict and he just put it down nothing me uh i uh you know i had to go into recovery i you know i i got the alcoholic gene and i had to go into recovery from it now maybe i could have given it up on my own maybe but in this city in my career uh uh-uh, it wasn't gonna happen it was gonna all be destroyed first before i you know so I yeah. just decided to. Now, do you still stay? You still stay? Or like, are you in a program? Do you still yep. go to meetings every day? Now, is that is that really difficult? Go, you know, uh, being in stand up and stuff like that. No, I mean, do you mean going to bars and stuff? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, all. they they talk about like I think in my head, initially it would st- it would I would imagine be tough just being around anyone who's drinking, but kind of I would think once you got over that hump, stand up would be something cool because it's like. All right, you can get in your head. You can kind of get a rush without without getting uh, wasted and stuff like that. It would be a great substitute, I would imagine. Like having something that you're passionate for, I would imagine make things a lot easier as far as you know kicking substance abuse. Yeah, I, I don't think that I would be able to stay sober without stand-up comedy. I, I know that's like a weird thing to say, and and a lot of no, but I mean that I think that yeah. pulls back a lot of people. Uh, you know, people who are artists, people who uh, yeah, like artistic or of passions, like. You know, that's you have something to clean up. For. Right. That's, yeah. you know, uh, severe opium addicts and stuff like that. You know, you watch the people on celebrity rehab and stuff like that. The reason they can't, you know, get off it is they have nothing else to throw themselves into. Right. You know, their and their only their only state of mind is just be sober, which I would imagine that would eat away at you unless you have somewhere else to take all this energy, either like working out or, you know, like stand up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can quit because they clean up their lives because they have children. You know, and that, right, yeah, you know, a family, something yeah. like that, you know, career, something like that, that you know helps bring you out of it. Mm-hmm. Now you talked about your dad. He he had his uh he had his issues. What's your what's your relationship like with your dad? Because you said he left mm-hmm. at 11, but now it sounds like you're still in touch with him today. I got back in touch. He left at 11. That was it. And then I I I tracked him down uh 15 years later, and uh and now I have a a good relationship. I mean the best relationship you could have with you know, somebody of his, um, you know, walk of life, I guess. But, you know, he lives in a, in the mountains and in a shack and, you know, he kind of walks the earth and, you know, he he's put, a rambler. Yeah. He's a totally yeah, rambling man. Too bad at all. Yeah. I mean, he's like, every time I come to pick him up, he'll take the, the bus down to see me. And every time I pick him up, he's just such a character. He's like, 
He's wearing like a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and his his guitar strapped to his back. You know what I mean? And he's like this <laughs> six six like blonde haired, blue eyed like you know honky tonk man. You know what I mean? That's living like, up in the mountains. Yeah. Probably distilling his own oh. whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, angry that the government won't stay off his back. I, oh, definitely I'm, 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 that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely seems like an anti-government guy. Oh, God. I Not mean, many he, mountain men are, are like, real pro-government, like, yeah, we need more We need more uh, government regulation. Oh, my, he calls me. I get these messages from him. He has, like, a prepaid cell phone. So, like, sometimes, like, you know, I'll get a call from him, and he calls me, and he's like, uh, you know, Danielle, they're uh, putting uh, full body scanners in the uh, in the <laughs> airport, so you better be careful. He tells me you better go and get your own private jet because those things have radiation. It's like, um, <laughs> oh, okay, you, yeah, yeah, I'll just go pick one. Right, up. I'm like, I love how these guys, you know, people like that or people who are super paranoid about mm-hmm. about the government and stuff like that. Like they get so far ahead of themselves. That, you know, it's like, why not just face these little problems instead of worrying about these problems that are so far off in the distance? Yeah. I mean, it's like, why are you worried about the government? You couldn't be less like that. You're, you're yeah. not even on their radar. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're never going to fly. You're never. What do you care? Yeah. You know, and then and then he, he calls me to follow up if I got his message about the body scanners. I'm like, Dad, uh, I can't. I'm a comic. I have to travel for my job. There's really nothing I can do about the fucking body scanners. Like, I'm so glad you told me that I'll get cancer. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling the green room. Hello? Oh, no, it's one of my limp dick exes. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> oh, they hung up. Just, sorry yep. sorry to interrupt there. Yeah. They were, uh, yeah, they were, must have been uh, super angry about that. So I was going to ask you why you got into stand-up, but I think it's Clear. I think it's pretty obvious. Now, when did you first start performing? Um, um, so I was six and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. And now did you start – now you, you're from Boston, and uh, did you start out in, in the Boston area and then come I out wish, here? I wish. I made a grave mistake by, by not doing that. You know what it was is that I was uh, drunk and on drugs, and I moved out here because I wanted to drink and do drugs and fuck celebrities. That's literally right. what my plan was. The apple far, doesn't fall yeah. far from the tree. <laughs> and, uh, How's it working out, Logan? <laughs> and I wanted to hang out with comics. That's I mean, to me, I'm like a comic. I was a comic groupie. I love stand-up comedians. I think comics are the best thing in the world. I got a job working at the Laugh Factory. I hung out with all these comics. And I tried to do everything behind the scenes I could. I booked shows. I worked for a management company. I worked for so you're doing this all this before you even yeah. stepped up on stage. Well, I tried to do everything I possibly could to deny this career because this career is a nightmare. I mean, right. it's like as far as yeah, I mean, there's the personal enjoyment of it, but as far as you know, career, you know, job security or advancement or meritocracy, you know, that I think that's the most frustrating thing about show business in general is that it's not like okay, whoever's the funniest person, that's the most successful. It's not necessarily oh, yeah. like that. I think you have to get to a place where you realize like. Hey, uh, you know, if you work really hard and you are really good, you'll you'll get some opportunity. Maybe. But it's yeah, but it's not necessarily like you know whoever's the best or whatever mm-hmm. is is most is necessarily the most successful. Yeah, there's so much politics involved, and like especially as a female, I mean, I've learned so much. Like no one likes female comics. <laughs> female females that well, work I like, in the I industry. I like you, Daniel. Thank you. But females that work in the industry hate female comics. You think, oh, it's so great. There's a female booking this, blah, blah, blah. They hate female comedians. And, and and you know, so uh, there's there's no females uh, for the most part, except for my manager, who I love. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, you think, you think women to... are competitive about men. You should see them fight I... over stage time or opportunities like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the women, it's like I am, uh, you know, women for the most part as comics are islands. You know, there's no, you know, like with the male comics, you can get a bigger male comic who will take you 
you under his wing, take you on the road to feature, blah, blah, blah. I mean, show me the dick and I'll suck it, but, like, it's so difficult <laughs> to it's get... Find, finding the right dick, right? Yeah, it's just finding... Like, there's a guy named Chris Simpson who is a fucking godsend for me, and he he took me on the road uh, earlier this year, and, it, you know, and then Greg Fitzsimmons taking me on the road, love you, Jimmy Schubert's taking me yeah, on the Greg road. Yeah, Greg Fitzsimmons, super funny guy. Yeah, and, that like, they are my guardian angels because, uh, you know... Forget about trying to get, like, a higher-up female comedian to take me on the road. I mean, they won't even fucking talk to me. You know right. what I mean? Well, I think, I think it comes from, uh, you know, the, the competition that's naturally there from stand-up. You're used to being the funny person in the room. And now I think being the funny girl or whatever is so much even more a unique experience. It, the, it amplifies the competition. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and I, yeah, we're so, yeah. I mean, I have some female comedian friends, and I, I – I want them to succeed, and I hope they feel the same way about me. But if there's uh, they if, don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. If there's female comics that don't want me to succeed, then yeah, we probably shouldn't be friends. But you know, I mean, there's a bunch of female comics out there that I idolize, and I think I was like, oh, now, I wish who, you yeah, would mentor who you, me. Who do you like? I as love, a I love fucking Sarah Silverman. I don't care what anyone says about oh, her. Yeah, I love her. I love hilarious. Chelsea Handler. I love her. Like, I think she's a fucking genius. Um, I love Shay Matosh, who's, uh, okay. who, um, she's actually a good friend of mine, and she's been, like, the one, like, super, super, super funny female. I mean, she's so funny, she's dude funny. Right. You know what I mean? And I, and I hate to be sexist about that, but no, confident I'm, I'm really male sorry, comics. I'm what is, what's she on? Or, or what is she? Well, she's, that, she's but, been, she was on Mad TV. She's done a bunch of stuff. Right now, she's opening for Carrot Top in Vegas. She's like a real con, like, not to say that Chelsea and Sarah aren't, but they're more like, they're doing the Hollywood thing and yeah, making a lot of money. Yeah. Host Shema, and actress, but yeah, she's yeah, yeah. like a stand up con. Well, and Shayma is amazing at character work, and she's fucking drop dead gorgeous. I mean, like, but anyway, so she's, she, but she's like a dude. Like, she gets on stage. She's as confident and as funny as any fucking guy I know. And she gets on stage. And right now, she's she's opening for Carrot Top in Vegas. And, you know, that's what she's doing right now. And, nice. But I love her. I mean, she's been great to me. Right. Um, uh, you know, and then there's some other girls who have since fallen by the wayside into, not, you know, but have gone into writing or other things like that right. that aren't doing Did the circuit. Did you see uh, what Sarah Silverman she always does seem to create controversy. Um, did you see recently she uh, she was at some technology conference and the guy gave her a lot of she made some joke. I think the joke was uh, that the premise was that she wanted to adopt a kid but make sure he was black so you got more credit and then you know or some that a black retarded kid that was also terminally ill so that you could get the credit for adopting the kid but then not the not the um you weren't attached to him for the rest of his life because right. he was terminally ill and then uh you know I, to me it's just <laughs> hilarious like to yeah. be offended by that would mean you would have to take that as her being serious. serious right so how could you be offended by that it's the same thing um you know in the news the sarah palin uh she was angry at a family guy for making fun of her um you know retarded child or whatever oh uh, so wait is her grandkid a retard uh, Sarah Palin, her her son has uh, Down syndrome, Trig. Oh, okay. And you know, I didn't even know that. In Family Guy, they had uh, they had a, uh, a an episode recently where uh, there's a character who has Down syndrome, a girl or whatever, and she's like, oh, they asked him, what's your dad do? Oh, he does this. What's your mom do? Oh, she used to uh, she used to be the governor of Alaska. So they were kind of trying to right. make fun of her. <laughs> I mean, I, with with that like uh, retarded kids, I have no problem making fun of them. For me. I'm not gonna. I decide I'm not gonna make fun of retarded kids until I'm done having kids. 
Like maybe I don't know. Yeah. Just from karmically, I don't yeah, I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't say they shouldn't make the jokes, and I'll, I'll laugh at the jokes. But I I just want to wait it out just because I feel like kids are such a crapshoot. Yeah. But it was it was uh and the actual the actual uh, actress who played the Down syndrome a girl on the show came out. They actually hired a real Down syndrome girl, and she's like, oh no, they weren't making fun of me. They were just making fun of Sarah Palin. Right, right, so. right, right, right. Yeah, I mean she's she's just feeling the fire with getting offended at everything that they say. You know, she's just got a she's got to fade into the night and like just let all the jokes play out and then people are going to lose interest. Her with these like the Right, but I mean that's her yeah. that is her thing is to be reactionary and like, it's you know, white trash is what it is. Right. And I think I think that kind of angle plays to people who feel picked on in life like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, you know, yeah, they're picking on Sarah Palin just like my bo- my boss picks on me." Like they're trying to yeah. identify with people that, you know, feel like they get uh picked on and stuff like that. Now, she's, have, a, she's a tea tard. I, I don't know. I got picked on a lot in high school, and I. Now, what, what did I, you get picked on for high, in high school? It just, for some reason, everyone hated me. I think it was because I, I just didn't have the social skill. I, I don't what know. What do you think? Other girls hated you because, like, oh, she's. Uh, yes. Easy, like, oh, look well, at her. Well, I just... wasn't. I wasn't. I mean, it, it, I wasn't. You know, it. Uh, that wasn't until like more like the end of high school. But oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I guess it was like I was new and I was pretty and I was Jewish and I seemed like I had money. I mean, I think from the outside I looked like. Um, the school I went to was yeah, a job like the school I went to was primarily Irish Italian, blue collar. Right. And so like I seemed like even though my parents were broke and fucking you know druggies and you know what I mean, but nobody knew that. And I'm I was very quiet because I didn't know anybody and I was shy. So you know it's easy for other people to say, oh, you she's know, a snob. That's what I got. Up. She's a snob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I think they just took to harassing me and you know I think a, a lot of the guys you know would write my phone number on the you know shout my number in the hall and write it and then I think the girls just got on board with that and and then there was the guys were all well, yeah I mean it's trouble. it's funny like well, once something starts it just snowballs i remember yeah. there was a girl in our high school who got really drunk at a party and uh, ended up standing up on a coffee table and like pulling her pants down and urinating over the coffee table r- r- i think it- did you actually see it or was that a story no 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 i mean that was there's always the story about the girl who got fucked in the ass and then shit all over the guy you know i heard <laughs> that that was enza Stan- uh uh san anastasio at my school but i don't think that really happened no this was- oh man I- there was a girl that stuck a wiffle ball bat up <laughs> it for real? School. Did you see it? I Urban have no legend. idea. No, yeah, that legend. Yeah, but, there was a girl um, in my school that's just like a frozen hot dog she, up for it. Yeah, she right. said, I've heard things come Tuna out of her and mouth that came was out. pretty gnarly, mm-hmm. though, so I kind of believed it. Yeah, I don't know. I but mean, yeah, it, yeah, I can see how it snowballed. Now, I remember when I was doing the morning show with you and Sam, you had talked about uh, this guy that you got. You were kind of seeing. It seemed like... Oh, the things- plane guy? What, what was the it? The guy I met at the on the plane. Okay, yeah. What yeah. a nightmare. All that right, was so a fucking nightmare. Last time, let's uh, let's pick up where we left off. As far as I'm aware, uh, when we last heard, it seemed like things were going well. I don't. I think you said you hadn't slept with him yet, but it seemed like there was a lot of good chemistry. You were headed in the right direction. What happened from there? Oh my God, uh, he turned out to be a sociopath. <laughs> Um, and I don't use that word lightly. I mean, I, that's not me just trying to say something bad about him. I mean, he ter- like he scares me. Like he's weird. Um, it, well, he just, you know, basically, um, he t- he said he wanted a relationship, and um, you know, we kind of waited. I, we didn't really, if it look back on it, wait too long to have sex, but it seemed like we waited a long time, you know. Right. And then for some, you know, you're an adult, you're really into someone, you yeah. want to get to the get to the action, but you're yeah, like, it was like fifth or sixth it. date. All right. You know, it's classy. Um, 
And uh, and then um, he we were having we had amazing sex. I mean, fucking even though he had no skills, but I was very <laughs> sexually attracted to him. So for me, I was like, it was really good because like he's like an enthusiastic caveman. Not great motor skills, but you know, perfect penis, very okay. very enthusiastic. We had a great connection during sex and I was very attracted to him for me that's huge because I have arousal problems but anyway um, <laughs> see now you talk about guys being intimidated for for me just hearing like you describe his penis and stuff it, to me it's just like oh man oh what you know in my head like oh if I hooked up with her what would she say about, about my penis right, right. you know what of I mean of course yeah yeah well it's just like when you guys talk about she had great tits great ass the first thing every girl thinks about is what does he think of my ass what do you think of my tits where do I measure right, up so exactly. hi welcome to the fucking club <laughs> Anyway, you treat uh, me well, like a when, piece of meat, dude. When I'm talking to my friends about you later, you'll have great tits and a great ass. Thank you, thank you. you Logan's didn't see a real. My ass, Logan's how, a real if gentleman. If you're ever wondering that question. Yeah, thank you. Uh, right, well, you didn't really you, see my I ass, saying, but uh, I appreciate you. Just um, <laughs> he's optimistic. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, yeah, that was okay. So, so things are going things, really so, well. Yeah, and I'm having a great time with the sex, even though he uh, doesn't eat pussy and has no idea what to do with the clitoris. He he's still I'm still into it. It has long-term red flags, but right now i'm on board okay then he tells me he starts like pulling away from me and being all weird and acting like a fucking weirdo and then he <laughs> tells me i finally call him out on it and i'm like you know you're what's going on and he's like i don't feel like we have a connection outside of the bedroom wow yeah uh. and i'm like uh, so uh, what like i because <laughs> i've never been told i've never been broken up with for my personality like like, because we were, it wasn't like we slept together the first night. I could understand that. It's like we hung out, liked each other, got a crush on each other, and then decided to sleep together. And now you're telling me that actually right, you Right, you think like you would have saw that before. Yeah. So he now, broke he up. he sounds like someone who may not be that experienced. Um, I think he's just really sick. That's really what I think. Now, what not, really? you called him a sociopath. What what gave you that impression that he was he a sociopath? Was, uh, the uh, um lack of human compassion. Um, <laughs> lack of on. he he actually was dating a girl. Um, when he met me, which I didn't realize, and then he just never broke up with her. He just they were dating for like a month and a half, and then he just. Stopped calling her and started so, dating wait, as me. A, as a guy, that's a that's a no go. Like just to stop calling a chick. Well, it, it'd be one thing if this was like a girl from Match.com that he was like going on dates with. A, this is somebody in his inner circle. Oh, okay. Who like you know yeah, who he was dating and 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 was like, like a public a boyfriend and girlfriend with. Yeah, and oh, then he okay. just avoided where where they would go together and just started hanging out with me and then she thought they were dating and you know oh, they wow. so they didn't break up officially until three weeks into dating me because she was finding like what the fuck why are you pulling away so my guess is is that he just started dating another girl when he was with me wow. and that's when i sensed the same thing so that's just a weird mo like that's just really weird but do you think you now you said he didn't have any human compassion do you think maybe in a sense he he was hooking up with you uh you know obviously he liked hooking up with you but maybe he felt like no, oh. no. he didn't like hooking up with me enough like that's what i'm saying it's like my put like shouldn't it, like we're fucking and it's great like just like let's get out of the honeymoon phase at least you know like you 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 stopped us mid honeymoon phase. Like, is my personality so bad that you couldn't even ride out the fucking? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, right. Wait till things cool off. Yeah. Then. But you you don't think I'm like I said I'm playing devil's advocate. Maybe he he honestly did like you, but realized okay you know maybe there's no long term thing here whatever. Maybe I'm just better to stop hooking up with her and maybe I'm kind of leading her on or something like that. 
Possibly, but it just seemed very well. That's possible, and that's fine. But, you know, but what, I, feelings I change. Why, I see why you th- are kind of pissed because it seemed like he had his system going. Well, right. Well, I mean, he kind of went through the look, machine. That yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Like he exactly he's like doing it, to you what he did. And to the her girl and this girl, her, I got a call two days after we, him and I broke up. I got a call from this girl. I didn't even know she existed. So I got a call from her because you know, and then she, we we went over dates and everything. That's how we figured it out. He said everything. To <laughs> it was her, like a guy's worst nightmare: whoa. two chicks getting together and like. Except that we know a lot of the same people. It was like you know what I'm saying. It wasn't like I was so random. And he said. It was like stock lines that he said to her, that he said to me. Like it was more of the feeling of like being part of a a, a one act play, like a bad wow. one act play. But you know, just to wrap up up the thing on him, uh, he uh, you might be right about, and that's fine. If your feelings change, you decide. Look, this girl is uh, she's too much of a whore. I can never be with her long term. <laughs> oh, see you know, that's fine. But handle it like a man. Don't st- just stop. Like calling me and then making me wonder what's going on. Like now, that's how would the you, shit I didn't How would you like. How would you handle stuff like a man? You you uh, you call me up and you go, you know, listen, we need to talk. And I go, okay. And then you go, listen, I am feeling like, um, you know, I really like you and I'm very sexually attracted to you, but I'm really looking for a relationship and I just don't feel like you're someone I could have a long term relationship with. There's plenty of excuses. Right. Plenty as a, as a girl, though, no, I think people in general just aren't honest with each other. But do you think, uh, as a Women girl, would you? Because I, I had this friend, like, let's say you were hooking up with someone and then you just stopped hooking up with them. Would you would you want to hear the guy call you up and say, hey, this is why we stopped hooking up, like give you an honest answer? But we weren't just hooking up. Okay. See, that that's fine. You know, and, and here's the thing, the way I handle it, just because I most of my things are hooking up and that I have to end. And the way I handle it is I'm honest. I'm honest without being hurtful, you know, because the thing, like, I, I sometimes I have to fudge the truth a little bit to like save right. their feelings. White lies. Right. But for the most part it's like I'm pretty honest about like, look, you know, uh this isn't working for me. I'm looking for something else. I, I want us, you know, whatever. And that and then I try to end it. You know, unless it's like I can tell it's gonna be one of those fade out things, which is cool if it's on both people. But he knew I was very into him. Right. You know, and so he just was a douchebag. You know, and he didn't act like a man and, and uh ugh. No, no bueno. And he hurt me a lot. And a lot of that's my ego, you know, like why do you not Right, it's a pride thing, I get yeah, it. Yeah, how could you not want to keep well, fucking now you're... me? I just don't <laughs> I still can't wrap my mind around hey, it. I don't know I don't know why you wouldn't either. But Danielle, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on. <laughs> that's a great way to go out. Yes, yes. Uh go out and see Danielle, very funny woman, very very attractive woman. Smart, um, got a lot. You got a lot to say. I, I like you. that, and you really brought it. I really appreciate that. Um, check out DanielleStewart.com. Make sure you go to uh, the Laughing Stick on Tuesday. She's going to be doing a benefit there uh, for the people of Haiti. I know Greg Fitzsimmons is on it. Um, Laura Keitlinger. Yeah, yeah, a lot of funny people. So make sure you check that out. And I'm at John Lovitz this uh, this tomorrow night at eight. John Lovitz tomorrow at eight. Logan, do you have a haiku? I sure do. All right, lay it on us. Danielle's sex advice. (laughs) Sean wants Jerry Garcia. Eating the pussy. (laughs) All right. Good way to go out. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Green Room. We're we're doing it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock on LA Talk Radio.
Thank you for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe today.